there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nicole, and we are doing another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. And today's topic is something that I feel like is not on many people's radar, but it's diving in to talk a little bit more about specific infections in the body and how they can actually mobilize and end up in places that we would least expect. And what's kind of probed this topic is because In our practice here in Belmar, we have an integrative medicine facility. So we have a lot of subsets that fall underneath that. So we have our functional medicine practitioners, which is primarily what I focus on with patients. And then we also have a team of physical medicine uh, experts. And they're doing everything from a combination to rehab, chiropractic, some modalities called sound wave therapy, laser therapy, etc. And we have many people that come to our practice that are looking for a solution to pain. And that could be because they're dealing with knee pain, they're dealing with hip pain, shoulder pain, whatever the case may be. And some people do report actually having an injury or having repetitive stress, maybe because they used to play football or they used to play baseball and they were a pitcher. So there are many cases that are coming to us, you know, reporting these actual injuries. And then we're using, you know, some of these physical modalities to help them recover from these injuries or recover from their painful joints. And in some cases, when we're doing certain types of therapies with these patients, sometimes the therapies are not always making the rapid changes that we would expect. And that's really when we have to start thinking outside the box to say, is this actually a joint dysfunction, a joint problem, or is this actually tied to some type of infection? And that might seem like a really, really foreign idea to some people. And I know that it seemed very foreign to me in the very beginning of practicing because my doctorate is as a chiropractor. So when I started practice many years ago, I was really focused uh, more on working on the physical body and didn't have the understanding that I do now about how inflammatory responses, autoimmune responses, and infections can play such a significant role in physical pain. So this kind of brings me upon a story that I I find to be very significant because at the time when it happened, I didn't, I didn't understand it fully. And now uh, being able to reflect back on that, it it makes a lot of sense for this very specific case. So as, um, as a chiropractor, one of the modalities that we have here in the practice is called sound wave therapy. And the sound wave therapy is a very interesting therapy, but it actually uses sound waves to go over very specific areas and break down scar tissue in order to resolve uh, any kind of scar tissue or dysfunction that happened again from an injury or repetitive stress. But it also has the ability to modulate inflammation, and inflammation really is one of the biggest causes of pain. So not only does the sound wave decrease your pain, but it's also going to get that joint more mobile again. So we have great success using this on all different joints, muscles, etc. 
So we had a patient who came in with a very typical knee pain, you know, went through, definitely had what it sounded, sounded to be more repetitive stress than an actual injury. And as we then worked on the knee, we did some muscle work. We definitely found that there was some scar tissue in there. And then we used the sound wave therapy on that specific area. So as the patient came back for their next visit, they pretty much were like, do not touch me without sound wave. My knee was extremely flared up. I was in more pain than I, I was coming in. And I, I just don't want to do that therapy again. And at the time, it was kind of mind blowing because usually we've had such great success with the sound wave. And, you know, it really, if anything, decreased people's pain by almost 50% in one treatment. So at the time, we didn't really understand why this would happen. And as we continued our education and we continued evolving as practitioners, we started to realize that certain infections that we ha- acquire or even have as children can sometimes make their way into other parts of the body. And I will explain this a little bit more in depth as to how and why this happens. So with having that knowledge, what we realized was that at that time when we did the sound wave therapy on this patient, we actually mobilized their infection out of the knee, which is what flared them. And fortunately, that patient continued to work with us over uh, you know, a period of time and the reason why we found this out was because they weren't necessarily getting better with the other physical treatments. So doing the muscle work, doing the rehab, doing the chiropractic adjustments and working specifically on the knee, it just wasn't improving the condition. So that's when we decided to do further testing. And what we found was that this patient actually had strep in their knee. And from that time, we started to realize that this was actually not that uncommon. It wasn't uncommon that people were dealing with infections in in either organs and or joints. So with that being said, we started to kind of dig a little bit deeper and say, well, you know, why is this happening or how is this happening? Because for those of you listening you know, and you're thinking of strep, you might be saying to yourself like, oh, is this the same strep that we get in our throats? Like that can't be right. And it is, it is right. Uh, when we're dealing with strep, we assume mainly because of what we've always been told and taught is that strep can only be in the throat and pretty much you take a course of antibiotics and it eradicates the strep and it doesn't always work that way. You know, there's some people that are going to, you know, have those antibiotics work extremely effectively and eradicate the strep, but Still to this day, I'm never surprised with how much strep we find in various parts of people's bodies, let alone just the knee. We're finding strep in lymph nodes. We're finding strep in um, the uterus for some women. These are women that typically have polyps in their uterus. Uh, We're finding it in the heart valves. These are people that are dealing with either leaky valves or um, tachycardia, uh, meaning a rapid heartbeat, or they're having random heart palpitations. Uh, And then we're also finding that strep can be in joints. And with that being said, when you're dealing with the problem being primarily due to an infection, these are the people that are going to go down the road of, 
rehab or PT, like physical therapy, chiropractic, ultrasound, you know, you kind of name any physical modality and they're just going to feel like they keep hitting a plateau and that their, their joint problem is not improving. So it's a matter of taking that step back and understanding that you can actually have an infectious component that is associated with your pain. So you might be thinking, well, how the heck does this happen? You know, how does strep make its way into other parts of the body? And I'm talking specifically about strep today, but don't get me wrong. You can have other types of bacteria and other types of infections that will make their way into joints as well. But I would just say the most common that we see is strep. So that's why I decided to focus, focus here. So one thing that I, I find is that when you're dealing with strep, um, most of us are dealing with strep when we're young. We're dealing with either strep that's actually causing the ear infections in infants, or we're dealing with strep that's causing sore throats. Some people, it gets severe enough that they will actually get their tonsils removed. But when you have these persistent and chronic infections in childhood or even infancy, you're going to have some level of this infection get into the lymph nodes. And you have lymph nodes everywhere. Um, Lymph does move. You have very specific lymph channels in your body. And the lymph really acts as Pac-Man, for those of you that have played that video game. Uh, So Pac-Man, you know, it, it kind of moves through the body and it gobbles up the different infections and its job is to eradicate them. But unfortunately, sometimes if our immune defenses are not ideal or our lymph channels are congested, you can actually get these infections stuck in the lymph. And because the lymph does travel, this is how these infections can move to other parts of the body. So when you're dealing with lymph uh, and it being able to carry infections, this is actually quite common. And the way that I always explain lymph to my patients is I I try to help them understand that lymph is supposed to move. It's supposed to move through your body very fluidly. So almost think of it moving through the body like a river and picking up and gobbling up the the things that are foreign, everything from toxins to infections, etc. But over time, the more and more we get exposed to for many, many years, your lymph starts to move differently. It starts to become more like more like oil. And then after it's extremely congested, it becomes like sludge. And once you have this lack of filtration, that is when you're going to be more prone to, first of all, having inflammatory conditions. You're going to be more prone to holding these infections opposed to your body eradicating them. And you're also going to be more prone for pain. So the lymph is something that is just so disregarded in our traditional um, healthcare system. And I find that with my patients, I'm really helping them to understand that the approach that we take on the body is so different because I'm not going to necessarily focus on being on this killing spree, I call it. So I'm not going to give you various antibiotics, antimicrobials that are going to focus specifically on getting rid of your infections. I actually want to help your body's ability to eradicate them. And that is primarily by getting your lymph moving again and getting it, getting it to work the way that it used to. So it's just extremely important to, to kind of understand that this is a system that's very neglected, but it's a system that really can determine if you have a functioning immune system or not. 
So for those of you that might be like, okay, I'm kind of lost with this whole lymph conversation. I'm not really sure, you know, how that could potentially look or, you know, what is it, what does it manifest as? So in when you're dealing with lymph, there's actually a couple of things that I will ask my patients to kind of understand, like, do you have lymph issues or does it run in the family because of a genetic predisposition? So if you are a person who it's very difficult for you to sweat, that means you have congested lymph because sweating is one of the ways that we actually excrete a lot of toxins out of the lymph through the skin. So not sweating is not a good thing. I know that I was, uh, I was the girl who went to the gym and my face got red, but I didn't really sweat. I always thought it was a great, great thing. And then as I got into this field and I started doing testing on myself, I realized that it was primarily because my lymph was extremely congested because I actually grew up living in mold. Um, and that is a very big contributing factor um, to congested lymph is actually living in a toxic environment of either mold or asbestos. So for those of you who are um, in construction or your, your husband or your loved ones are in construction, chances are they have very taxed out lymph because of the amount of toxins they're exposed to on a day-to-day and a lot of those toxins being airborne because of uh, drywall as well as uh, insulation and, and other things. Another big thing uh, to look for, and I feel like women can relate to this uh, a little bit more than men, but varicose veins. Varicose veins, a lot of times it runs in families, and that's because genetically they have a predisposition to um, their lymph becoming congested faster than the average person. But any type of vascular issues, especially vein issues, has a lot to do with congested lymph nodes. So that is another thing to, to take into consideration. And another big one for women, cellulite. If you have cellulite, all that that is is massive amounts of toxins that are trapped in your tissues. So this is usually another indicator that your lymph is having a major issue with detoxifying. So these are all very, very important things to to keep in mind. Um, And then also in addition, women that deal with painful breasts, especially painful breasts around your period, uh, you have tons and tons and tons of lymph nodes in uh, the breast area, in your armpits, and you also have tons of lymph in your head and neck. So some people actually feel their lymph nodes get swollen in their neck. Um, But those of you that are dealing with chronic neck pain, it might not be a joint issue. It actually might be the lymph nodes are extremely congested and swollen in your neck. And the same thing goes for migraines and headaches. So all of those things are very, very important to keep in mind to kind of just have a baseline understanding, like, is my lymph working or is it not? So the most important things to take away from this is that if you're someone who is dealing with pain, you're dealing with arthritis, you're dealing with joint issues, you're even dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, and you feel like you've sought out different types of treatment, everything from physical therapy, maybe you even did a knee replacement or a hip replacement, and you still feel like your joints are problematic and painful, you need to start looking outside the box and realize, is there maybe an infectious component here? And especially if you were that kid who had tons of strep and had your tonsils removed. Um, And in addition to that, 
Do you have those things that I just described? You're dealing with the varicose veins. You're not sweating. You're having lots of migraines, headaches, swollen breasts if you're a female. If you're dealing with those things in addition, you might also have major lymph congestion that's happening. So these are things extremely important to really help you to be empowered to take that next step to resolve the pain once and for all because this is something that is unfortunately very, very common with the patients that I work with. So for those of you listening and really resonating with this, um, feel free to check out our website, integrativewellnessgroup.com. I actually have tons of other podcasts that I've done on lymph. Um, We have different blogs, articles. And for those of you who just want to get a little bit more information about how it all works, um, we do offer free strategy calls. So check us out, integrativewellnessgroup.com. And I hope to see you next week. Have a great day, guys.